Hey, there we go. Oh, hi, Bella Capel. Just says connecting to audio, so you probably can't hear you just yet. Maybe now? Hello, Kyle. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's lovely to see you again. You too? <laughs> After the, the last big thing now we had, Lily Solomon in the I'm, back there. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. coming. I Canadian <laughs> Lily is on, is on the other line, so we can have Canadian input as well and um, progress on Canadian games. Yeah, little little update from her. We had her on some while, uh, some time ago, which was pretty cool. Did you? Yeah, we had a whole whole episode of Lily, but it'll be cool to see. I didn't. I haven't read. I haven't listened to that one yet. I must listen. I I wasn't even aware that she was in the country just yet. To be honest. Yeah, no, and she's then, isolating. Obviously, I'm nowhere near her. She's in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's Hello, holding breath. Hello. She held her breath when she walked past. Absolutely. We have her in a full burka. Yeah. Do you ever do that when you walk past someone in the shop and you're like, I don't want what they've got? <laughs> <laughs> Hold your breath. You're like, nah. I, I just spit at them generally. <laughs> oh, Christ. Well, it's such a cool, I don't know if maybe we should wait for Lily to tell her the story of our, of our time breaking into the Nottingham University grad ball. I know. I is I dropped out of Durham when I was in my second year, so I'm feeling very, very thrilled that I finally graduated. Even <laughs> if it's a bit of a downgrade at Nottingham. Uh, I you you managed two years at Durham. I managed one year at the what's it, Man Mancosa? Was that what it was called? No, oh, we could start a dropout society. I dropped out one year. Oh, you'd be pleased to know I did pass my first year. Well, that said as I, I think everyone passes their first year, Kyle, though, frankly. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I think um, I think we I think you graduated with a first last week though, because you got into the actual party bit, whereas <laughs> I was just a two-two, really. It was just a bit rubbish. <laughs> I mean, look, we were sitting oh, at John Scott's for everyone that's listening. Um, and we were sitting like we had the table tennis set up, we're like we're having a great time, everyone's had a few drinks. And I don't know. Who was it that brought it up? Was it you? Yeah. I think it was you. You were like, I think we should go and crash that party that's happening. <laughs> and like, I don't know why no one else had thought of it, but like everyone just sort of was like, okay, stood up and let's go. <laughs> it was crazy. It, it, was a, it was a good night. A good night. I don't know what got into me. Obviously, I never do things like that normally. So No, no, no. Not, not for people that. who don't know me, that would be a very unusual thing for me to do. I, I feel very sorry for Marcus as well, because he always has to be so correct in his job. But when I'm loose, it, it, it sort of goes a little wrong. Or a little <laughs> right, depending how you look at these things. I think it was fantastic. Hello, Lily. <laughs> Can we hear you? I can't hear you. She got herself on mute because she's munching something. Maybe. You should be able to hear me. Oh, yeah, I can hear you now. Can okay. hear you now. Yeah. Hi. Beautiful accent. How are you? It's been a while. Yeah, no kidding. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. And you managed to be corona-free thus far? I have successfully negative tested and all. I saw some things on Facebook with you riding Jack Capel's pony biscuits. Yeah, I stole her for a session yesterday, which was really fun. Looking good. Did, was that Little Scooper... Like a third time lucky and post the good bits, or no? She's just re she's really good, and I have to put this online because I when she first came over, 
obviously this is going to offend most of Canada, but as I'm not going to Canada, it doesn't really matter. And I'm having been <laughs> having been to um, the with the Pony Club GB exchange. It, the, the Canadian uh, riders don't have quite as much experience and they're not usually very good. So I, I've heard that Lily was very nice. So I was lending her lovely beauty and um, I wanted to find her a team for the first competition she was going to. So I found the worst team ever created, I believe. And um, I didn't know that she was any good. And it turned out that she was the only good Canadian. So <laughs> I, I now have to keep trying to post this so that... <laughs> So that um, I can get a decent ride. So people at uh, wherever we're going next, wherever you're going next, Northern Challenge, she's yeah. a good a good games kid. Like she's the only other person that sat on biscuits, put it that way. That's yeah, and I, I, I must say that I, I can second this as well. I think you beat me at every competition that I rode in in 2019. I think it was 2019. <laughs> <laughs> not that that means anything <laughs> you're, you're, but you're now so improved and your pony is so improved Kyle that it, it could yeah. be a different yeah you'll have a, another fight this year but yeah, Lily's so what, got a very very experienced pony this year for individuals so who's she on? she's on Chico guys Chico yeah, mm. yeah well have you heard of uh, this, uh, Apollo <laughs> <laughs> who hasn't uh, just yeah. kidding and Meg the vet has joined us as well she's actually hi just Meg hello hello Come home from work, which is exciting. Just had some dinner. Mm-hmm. Having some wine. <laughs> I'm on a cup of tea, so I don't say anything I shouldn't, because that would be really unusual, wouldn't it? Oh, we're going to try and dig it out of you. <laughs> oh, I know it's hard. We'll see. Um, so we were just telling, and I mean, Meg might be able to hear the story from Bella's perspective as well. Um, but, well, just before Lily joined, uh, we had we were talking about John Scott's, and we were sitting in the under the event tent all having a great time and then like next thing you know Bella Capel pops up and she's like why don't we just go and crash that party that's happening so there was like <laughs> Nottingham University I didn't even know well, I, I don't know which, which university it was until I'm not too sure but like we knew that there was some graduation ball or something and there was supposed to be fireworks and they, those got cancelled because of Lovely. our competition which was another thing we could talk about that was crazy in the comments section <laughs> um, but yeah so then next thing you know everyone just gets up and they're like okay cool let's go so we all like dance off across the by the bathrooms is like well on the way past the bathrooms on the way to get to this event that's happening and we get there and the security guards are like oh no you're not coming past here buddy mm-hmm. so like oh shit so like some people go into the bathroom we're like trying to re- rekindle ourselves figure out what we're going to do and everyone just like sneaks around the other side of the building and <laughs> the next thing you know, we're there, and like we all like bolting across. We the ran field. and we left Rory behind. He who falls behind stays behind. Pirate code. We didn't look back. We just left to be picked up by the snipers. <laughs> we just bolted across, like running from the security guards. And there's Rory, like, oh wait for me, guys, with this little hovel. Going. <laughs> no. <laughs> doesn't look back. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, but then like, once you got there, like there was no one. There was no scar, and we just walked right in. Like, and that was also like probably the reason why it was so successful is because like once you're in the crowd, like you just, just get blended. Lost. We blended with all the ball gowns so amazingly. Yeah, so everyone's like all Even suited Kyle. up. Even Kyle with his Even shoes. me. I've blended in more than you'd even imagine we're going to get there in a second. Um, so we're all like, like, it's like a silent disco, like the first like 
I don't know, marquee that we entered. So everyone's dancing, having a crazy time and there's no music. And like, we can hear people, like some people singing some songs and some people singing a different song because they were like different channels. Uh, and we're all just like dancing, having a great time. We don't know where to get these headphones from or whatever. And then like next thing you know, like the, the, the girls, I think it was like Holly and Hannah. I don't know who, who it was first. Maybe Emily Norton was also there. And like they went and spoke to the DJ who hooked them up with a pair of headphones. Um, and then like, oh, okay, so they were in. And then some like drunk girl comes past and she's like, oh, I don't want these anymore. Do you want them? I was like, oh, I'll take them. Like I don't, I don't look like I belong here, but I do. <laughs> but Julie Willis was the best one because she found these two kids sort of sitting outside on the grass away from the disco. And so she stomps up to them like she's a university lecturer and said, I'm sorry, but you're not really allowed to have those out there. And then took them both out and put them on oh, one oh, no, <laughs> That is so Julie as well. <laughs> so... There was a silent disco. We all ended up having our headphones on and it's fantastic. We're having a great time. We probably should have just stayed there because it was quite cool. And then at some point, I don't know whose idea it was, but there was another, it was like live music, live DJ, huge, was crazy, like the jaw going on inside. But it had like bounces in like these like single rails. You're basically walking in like single file to get in. And <laughs> I saw uh, like Rory and Holly and some people go in first and like, I was, I don't know where I was, why I wasn't in with the first crowd, but like I found this group of people and I was like, I'm just going to walk in with them. Like this seems safe. And as I'm walking in with them, I see uh, Rory and Holly literally getting carried out. Like J- Jack Capel was carried out by like the scruff of his <laughs> neck. by the neck. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Kyle bumbles in. Not as they're at literally coming good. out past me, I'm just like strolling, didn't make eye contact, just keep going. <laughs> And then I got in and I was like, well, now what do I do? So I look around and then I found Laura Finnegan, like the only one of us that had like not been kicked out. And we were like, hey, fuck. And we just like bolted like as far into the middle of the people as we could. So that was cool. And then we drawled for like a while. It was, it was great fun singing all of the the songs that the white folk love. Um, good old. Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline and all of those. Um, but that was cool. And then eventually like the thing all ends and like they wish us our happy graduation and best of success with our futures. It was fantastic. And then I find, what's that thing? It was you and Barber. He was, he ended up being there as well. I was like, oh. so he also must've had his own, he must have his whole, his own story to tell. <laughs> so that was quite cool. Um, and then I was just going around asking people like what university this was and people <laughs> <laughs> weren't very happy but it was very fun and then we found harry willis sitting outside and he had someone else's bow tie i don't know who he stole the bow tie off of but he got himself <laughs> a souvenir from grad- graduation <laughs> so, a great time so that was good fun and then we had the fact that we had bella and julie and mrs finnegan i'm not sure of her name all the cool people in other words yeah, like it was so cool. We had <laughs> such a cool time. It was awesome. Anyway, and then Bella, you congratulations on winning your competition again, as you do. It's Royal Berkshire. Thank you. Tra- training your team. <laughs> <laughs> Look, how do you do it? It was the B team. Yeah, it's bar. I think Jack was like the only true rider from that team. Uh, well, no, they Jack and Rory Gate crashed it, didn't they? Really, I think isn't Emily the only one of the normals or were I'm not sure which turners I get very confused to how many which of them are normally in that team or not 
Jemima. Jemima is normally in that one. Who is? Jemima. I think Jemima is. Oh, Jemima is. Right, good. <laughs> See, she has so much attention I paid to things, but I, um, yeah. So uh, it was a good a good weekend. They rode really, really well. And um, and luckily, Rui didn't have to get off. So that was a bonus. <laughs> yes, we were in the final and it was like the last race had just gone and I looked over to Meg and I was like, I can just see the Facebook post coming from Rory already. Like, oh, <laughs> first competition back and she's like, one, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, Annoying, God. eh? Really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shame, no, but he deserves it. And like, Meg was just like, oh, it's really like, he must be so happy that he like can actually get back and ride because he would probably, yeah, he would have been doubting that he wouldn't be able to come back and be at the level that he was. Yeah, no, he, he actually rode really well, like better than I expected. Because I, I, I would have thought, when in the back of your mind, you know, you're worried about if you have to get off, there's an issue. Mm. I sometimes think would think that would take your eye off the game a little bit, but he, no, he's on fire. It's been really good this year. I could yeah, say so that because I will say my children as well, but he's, he is in a, on another level, I think, from a lot of people this year. So it's a shame that he got one leg. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the rants from the weekend were quite interesting. I, I know, that one of them were mine. Uh, <laughs> Top secret. <laughs> it's meant to be a secret, Kyle. Top secret. The guys don't, don't tell anyone. Okay. Um, oh, tell I, anyone. I don't really care. I don't even actually know who the person is that constantly wants to, like, she slags off our team all the time. <gasps> all the time. And, like, at other competitions as well. But, like, this weekend, and, like, well, it's always after the session we'll come... Like uh, like Lisa will stay and do refing, or she'll help with another team's equipment or something, and or she would have done our equipment, and she would have been around for when everyone was bitching about us. How can <laughs> they hate you? You're all lovely. Maybe that's oh, why. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's much much nastier people to hate. Uh, <laughs> who? Who about that? Well, better? well I'm joking. Well, I'm joking. <laughs> we, <laughs> oh my God! Please. So Carl's gonna have to stop the interview again. <laughs> Restart, restart. Don't, um, don't talk. But yeah, I'm not so I'm not too sure who it is. But like uh, one of our mums from our team, let's not call out anyone. Just came back and was like, "Oh, these people were slagging you guys off," and that's all the time. And I was like, "What about what?" And then it was about Thomas's bloody stepping stones, which is quite funny because they were pretty magnificent, Thomas. Your stepping stones. Thank you, Carl. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I thought mine were pretty cool. My stepping stones is horrible. Uh, anyway, but like apparently Thomas didn't step on all of his stepping stones and there was this whole argument going on about it in the equipment area. And That's up to the referees, surely. Yes, and we actually have since found video footage and it is all good. It was just very, very brilliant. Very, very brilliant. Even Mason's, Mason's stepping stones were crazy. I've never, I've never understood um, when people get involved with these sort of calls. Um, if the referee hasn't called it, there's not an error. I mean, I was in the box for the home international and there was some blatant, blatant, uh, miss, you know, miss seat things by, um, the officials, which is unusual because normally the home international is really cutthroat and everyone's out to get everybody. But, um, England's have got away with a fair bit. And in the box, you know, one of the people in the box of me was sort of going to say something out loud. I said, you can't, it's not called. It's not called. It's not, mm. they should, yes, they should be more with it, but if they're not, they're not. And that's the end of it. So it is, quite, yeah. it is quite nice as a rider getting away with that sort of thing as well. Oh, that's absolutely. And we all do it. We all do yeah. it. If you get if you can get away with it, you're gonna get away with it. 
because Absolutely. that's what competition's all about. As she says with her evil genius mug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I'll just put that down. <laughs> As Bella drinks from her coffee mug. Evil genius. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, so I think the main reason for having Bella Capel on the podcast is that almost everyone that we've had on the podcast speaks of Bella Capel. Uh, you're pretty much famous in the games world and I'd imagine it's for your training. I haven't seen you ride myself, but I believe that you and Marcus do a lot of the pony training at home and stuff as well. Um, yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I was pretty rubbish at games. I, I probably would have been quite good, but I think we had three practices and then went to our area qualifier and pony club. And then we got very excited because we tied six at area out of 13 and won the runoff. So it was the last rosette in those days. So it was very exciting, but that was about it really. But I've always been obsessed with games and um, yeah, I've trained since I was 17. So that's, Four years. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, even, not even reached your prime yet then. No, I know. It's marvellous. <laughs> well, I just graduated, don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I think if, for people that don't know who you are, uh, I mean, we can all sort of discuss it, but like if Bella could lead the way of just sort of where you sort of started and where you are, well, to like where you are now. Um, how you got into horses, how you got into games. Your whole family's horses, oh, Marcus yeah, is into oh. horses, how you even found a partner that's head of Pony Club now. Like, well, well, Marcus didn't well. ride. Marcus didn't ride at all when I met him. He's just one of those really, really annoying people that everything he does, he's really good at. So we, he was a child when I met him. He was about 20 or something. He could have been in the Pony Club still. And, um, I'm very slightly older than him, although luckily I don't age. So I just stay the same, yes. which is handy. Yes, yes. Um, and so I taught him to ride because obviously he had to do what I was doing. At the time I was doing eventing and uh, within two years of teaching him to ride, he was doing a higher level eventing than me because I'm a bit chicken. So I was only ever able to do what is what was then novice, which is, I uh, don't know it in metric, but it's still a three foot nine. It's quite high. But he went on and did two day events and two star and like just below top level eventing, having ridden for three years, which is really annoying. Um, <laughs> but he's very good at it. And I immediately, because I hate being beaten, decided I would just uh, I would just do the fitness and the schooling and not attempt to try and compete um, if I was going to get beaten. <laughs> I'm not very good at being beaten. It's not it's not a strength of mine. I've trained myself to congratulate people that beat me. I don't I don't I don't like it. I hate I hate losing. I I I hate losing much more than I like winning, I think. And that's quite bad, isn't it? That is probably quite bad. And that's one of the questions that I'm gonna ask you about <laughs> just now about walking out of an A final. Ah, oh, yes. Me. Well, I had we had a Scottish experiment that didn't really work. Um, we've had various. As I think Jack said he he wanted you in the team because he was always the fat one, which is very unfair because Ewan was very muscular, as we all know, not like Fat Jack. So, um, <laughs> but for whatever for whatever reason, that team just did not gel. It it, it just did not gel. Um, they all had done really well. They'd all been champion riders in whatever in the past, but it, it was a team that didn't work. And at the time. Uh, poor Paige Brindley was guest riding for me. I can't think who wasn't there. I had Rue and Jack and Ewan and Josh, Josh Ryder. 
and Paige. So I can't think who was missing, but somebody was missing. It might have been Lily Antcliffe at that point. So um, we went into the A final and they were just terrible. They were just proper terrible. It wasn't even, they weren't listening. They weren't concentrating. They were throwing things in the ground. And I just lost it. I walked out and went, you know what? You're on your own. Stomped out the ring. I've never done it before. But on the positive side, we were dead last when I left. And whether the shock, I, I don't know what happened, but uh, they then won all the remaining games, which is about four. And I think they finished about third. But considering they were dead last when I left the ring, perhaps I'm not needed at all. So <laughs> Maybe that was like the, the, the oh shit motivation that they needed. I think so. I mean, I, I think there's a lot to be said for motivations of, of all sorts I, I you know sometimes if I'm always very careful um I think at a competition not to make enemies with other trainers if I can avoid it or or comment on how they train because I think nothing gives somebody an edge more than pissing them off so if you sort of go oh, yeah well such and such a team are never going to make it because it's that and the other Oh, it, sometimes that just gives you that bit of fire that you need to take it to the next level. I mean, I I was a very bad pony club trainer for about five years with my sort of teens time, and um, the t- the train the team that I was training at the time um, were getting better. I was getting better. I was getting better slowly. I wasn't obviously a quick learner. And the year I left them because I went up to Scotland with Marcus um, when just before we got married. Um, somebody else took them to the qualifier and they qualified for horse of the year show. So he looked like he was all, well, he was better than me. So, you know, he, he trained the team, they went to Hoyes, but he only wanted to do it that one year. So then he left. And when I came back to Somerset, which I did a couple of years later, I was going to pick up where I'd left off having trained that team for 10 years. And the, um, the lady in charge of that pony club at the time said, Oh, well, thank you, Bella. But obviously, um, George is offered and we have now had a good trainer. So we do kind of want to stick with that. And that turned me into a very good trainer. I was furious, as you can imagine. You know, I was fairly arrogant because I was in my early 20s and I was still very committed. So I then took on the Devon and Somerset branch, which is like the rival pony club. And in two years, we went to Horse of the Year show and the team that I'd left became nothing. And that's kind of so, so. That bitchy comment gave me an edge. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So sometimes mm-hmm. negative is very useful. <laughs> Only if so, you can yeah. make it into a positive, though. Well, that's what so, I mean. But, but it can give yeah. you that edge. The same, same yeah. with you and Taylor when he had an absolutely terrible year, didn't make the Scotland team, which is quite hard to do, and um, he was he was dead last in their trial. And, and and I don't know why with Ewan, but he tends to be made a joke of by people. So people were like teasing him all the time. And then the following year, he went on the European Championship. And it's the same thing. It can, sometimes it just gives you something else. To, if you've got the right nature, to turn yeah. it around and prove the point. Yeah, yeah, that's or what I was cry and commit suicide, depending on, yes, on your nature, yes, I guess. It could, could go either way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Better to do the first thing than, you know, yeah. Don't get get don't get mad, get even kind of thing, or get yeah. both, but don't get sad. Yeah. 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 So we can go down as many rabbit holes as we want because I'm <laughs> I love this and it's brilliant content. But I'm gonna steer the ship back to the way we started thing. So how did you even get into horses in the first place? Um, 
Uh, my sister, Helen, and my oldest, well, there's a lot of us, but my sister nearest to me was given a pony by my aunt. And we, my father worked in London, but um, we, had a, we had a holiday house in Somerset. So from then on, we had ponies. So, um, yeah, so I was riding from the age of about three or four. And so you started playing games from 17? No, I was doing, ga- I was doing games, but at sort of Jim Carner level because um, no one in my family or local friends knew anything about um, pony club games. It was, so we're looking at sort of the 90, early 1980s. So MGA had really just started. So about that, back at that time, there would be no need to the sort of Magnificent Seven. Um, Devon was a county and I did ride for them once, but I I wasn't good enough. I I didn't vault like they did. And I, although they actually wanted me to be in the team for a couple of shows, I I wasn't good at being a weak member in a team. I knew I was, I knew they wanted me for certain races and, you know, there were certain races I was good at, but um, I, I, I didn't like that pressure. Um, so no, I, I quit riding because I wasn't good enough and started training, which I became better at, shall we say. Yeah, but training I... is interesting because I, the more I see of trainers and different trainers, the more I realise that there are so many ways to be a top trainer and I couldn't train like somebody else. But So some trainers will pressurise you're not good at punching the air and clapping loudly some riders will clap some riders will shout some riders will some trainers rather will um you know give them the silent treatment some will be over encouraging tell them it's marvelous all the time and and it you know it, it different things can succeed um i do think some of it depends on age group though i think i've always been um quite technical i very much like training pony club where you're having you know weekly practices at home so you can work out ways of getting little margins which is much harder obviously when you're doing mga where you're meeting people only once a fortnight or whatever um particularly where there isn't uh that's why at least i like getting them getting us together before the start of the season so at least you can work out your pairs races and which ponies are going to swing which way and all the rest of it um but um yeah i think in the ring it's it's more um open level you've just got to you've got to balance the characters um i think the only times royal Berkshire since i've been training has failed is when the it just wasn't the right balance and that that isn't always the easiest thing to do um but i think generally if you if you're good at people managing and good at explaining you can be a good trainer but you have to understand that not everyone learns the same. So sometimes you'll tell somebody, go to this equipment and stop, uh, or go to this equipment and ride this certain way. And they'll continually not do it. And I used to think <laughs> they were being just obstinate or, or were those type that just forgot it as soon as they left the line. But the more I've seen of it, the more I realise that some people cannot learn verbally. They have to visually see it in order to do what you're saying. So you can tell someone to be blue in the face and they can agree with you. But if they keep doing the thing wrong, you have to literally walk them through it, ride them through it until until they see the shape you're requiring because not everyone can learn just by the speech alone, which is um, something that I've picked up, I would say. And very, very useful with 
younger riders because they will just zone out. And also they're if they're nervous, they they can't listen. It's like they completely black out. Whereas if they're visually thinking what they have to do, they tend to not be so nervous. So you go, you ride to here, you turn there, you stop there. Uh, and if they don't do it, you explain what they've done wrong. I always would say that if my team fails, unless they have completely done something away from what I asked them to do, it is my error. It is my error. I have chosen the order. I've asked the team to ride in a certain way, whether it's to go fast or to go slow or to do whatever. Um, and I don't know, maybe that's why I, <laughs> I take losing so hard because at the end of the day, I self-blame. I would self-blame myself, you know. I would, I just as Jack will relive the the leap through the air of the pony or whatever for when he didn't pick up bottle at said runoff. I would also <laughs> reanalyze what I did in that runoff that made it not go correctly. Have you thought of how you would, what you would do differently? Absolutely nothing, except Jack would pick up the bottle in that particular <laughs> instance. <laughs> But as Jack said, it's a very hard one to do. Um, it's uh, it's completely Greg's fault, just like Jack said, because um, we've all seen it. When you have too much time, it quite yeah. often goes wrong. So no, on a on a non joke on a non joking uh, note, I keep thinking to myself, yes, should learn from this um, because particularly with with the the flighty ponies that are likely to leap and that sort of thing, if they're overchecked, um, it needs to be a a more cautious like a slight swerve but not take the pace off majorly you can with a like Ruri can on a pony like Pluto because with him if you just sit he'll just come back to nothing and you could stop and pick up the bottle but if you're riding a pony with a bit of fire and power about it you stop it you stop it dead it leaps through the air I mean we had it at the beginning of the year um Mike had way too much time in a flag race so he tried to stop Mimi virtually dead she put her head vertical and she ran straight over the cone. It's that sort of thing. So, but again, that's another of these sort of sharp, flighty ponies. So with a pony like that, you just have to just be a little bit more gentle, not so abruptly steady. And you're, you're being careful, but if, you're, if you overdo it, then you're going to take equipment out. Then uh, not ideal. Yeah, well, um, and then, well, this is just making me think because uh, Frodo on the last episode was saying that he's uh, creating some like YouTube video. He's not too sure where it's going to, what platform is going to put it on yet, um, mm. but he's creating like some sort of like tutorials. Okay. And I think that ties into what you're saying now with like the, having the visual and the audio, I guess, like that would yes. be a benefit. Mm. Um, and he, 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 the way he was, or the way I understood from what he was saying, um was that like it's it's very difficult what he was saying because like he needs like the the visual to sort of like perfectly explain what he is saying but not just to one person like to a like a blanket group of people yeah well i think that's a that's a really good starting point isn't it i mean not everybody has got access to a uh, top trainer I was going to say a top trainer. What I mean, a trainer with a good eye who can explain to them what they need to do. So a trainer for um, an under nine to starting off might be different to a trainer training an open team rider. Not always. Mm. Um, But 
it, I don't, oh, I'm not convinced you can train a trainer. You can improve riders, but I think my job would be harder if more people could train, if I'm honest. Ooh, your job would be harder if more people could train. Yeah. So, oh, so saying, oh. I'm saying that a lot of trainers can't train, is what I'm saying, yeah. I'm not, and I'm not going to name people here, but I think that's a fair statement. Um, because otherwise I wouldn't be able to win as often with not the strongest teams always. It's fair enough. So like more people getting the best out of all of their riders. Yeah, yeah. And the best out of any situation. But it's a bit like te- school teachers. I don't think you can teach people to teach. You can pe- teach people to pass their teaching exam but it doesn't mean they're a great teacher. Um, you know, I'm, I would say I'm a better trainer than I was a rider. Uh, other people are better riders than they are trainers. But I think a big mistake for um, people getting someone to teach them is they think that because someone is a top rider, they will be a top trainer. And that doesn't always follow. It does sometimes, but um, not always. Yeah, I guess because they probably top riders because they know exactly what they need to do all the time, but they can't mm. apply that to what other people need. And people can't always put it across. And I think it's like uh, school. I I struggled. I was bad at maths. Um, and the top set maths teacher would have hated people like me because to them it was so obvious that they got frustrated, and that makes people who aren't good at maths stressed because they go, oh, "I can't keep up. I don't know what happened after the first stage of this equation or whatever it was." Whereas there was the chap that was really good and sort of scraped to be at A level, you know, he wasn't an A math student. So he got how it wasn't always obvious to people how to do things. So that can be a bonus. What would you, well, it's just also made me think of our team and like, uh, I don't remember who said it now, but where your team's like only as strong as like your weakest rider. I think it mm-hmm. might've been Jack when Jack yes. was on the podcast. Um, and then it's just like you're like as strong as your weakest rider in that race. So like, yes, there's 100%. Like, I know that is me in like at least six races. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like, it might be Meg in a vaulting race, although Holly yes. uses a stirrup or yeah. it might be, I'm trying to think of what something that Tom's not good at. Tom's pretty good. <laughs> it's quite um, good. Uh, but he's, yeah. sometimes sometimes he's not and then he needs hitting a lot but yes. other than that once yes. you hit him with a stick then he improves he likes again. that I find yeah. and luckily <laughs> I have one of those dangly things so I'm allowed to go in the ring with people <laughs> and, allowed um, to hit them with sticks. Hit, I think I can Jesus. hit them with sticks as long as I really that could be taken so out of context <laughs> really really don't care <laughs> oh no <laughs> Um, anyway, so then I was thinking of like when you were training us, because we've had the uh, the honor of being trained by Bella Cable. Um, and like you, I think the one thing you told us at Dallas the last time was like, you guys just need to get your shit together, get on the same ponies for like at least two competitions in a row. <laughs> yeah, the same I, did, I had a bit orders. of a tantrum at you then, didn't I? I was just getting frustrated <laughs> because you are a very good team. But um you're never on the same horses every any, any five minutes. Um, generally, I mean, that everybody at one every one single competition, somebody's got a pony change. Um, so it is hard to get continuity then. However, um, going back to what you say about um, the weakest rider thing, when you do orders, you need to make sure that the weakest rider for that game is in the least pressurizing position. Uh, 
which in a lot of games would be lost because then it, the game, if the game is, if the strong riders have gone out and done a decent job, then that rider can take a little bit more time. Or if the strong riders have blown it, there's no pressure on the last one because you're in an awkward situation. The thing to always remember um, in that case is if you have had an error early on and then somebody's coming towards the end who isn't as good at that game, is that they, they shouldn't play outside of what they can do. So if, you, if say, it's litter and the last rider isn't good at litter, um, but you're last or second last, uh, the worst thing they can possibly do is suddenly try and become uh, Sadie Lockett picking up litter. They just go out, they do their job, and they stay ahead of the one place they're ahead of. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing goes worse or badly more often than chasing a point that you um, 99% of the time aren't going to get. Um, competition is so often won by one or two points, getting into finals by one or two points, and just sensible riding is crucial for that. And that comes from the whole team. Like every team will have a hot-headed person in it. Uh, they've got you, Kyle. If you're not sure who it is, it's you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, but if you are if you are losing your shit, um, that is their fault. That is their fault. If they haven't got um, a coach in the ring all the time, uh, they should be constantly reminding you of what your job is in that game. Not in a uh, looking down on you way, just to keep you focused. So. Um, so say Tom has gone out one and litter and it's gone really well and then there's something happened in the middle and you're going last. I know, I know you're very good at litter, I'm just using that as the game to explain it for. Then it's up to Tom who's come back first to go, that's fine, we're still ahead of so-and-so and so-and-so. Just do it as you normally would. Don't try and beat the other two. Just stay ahead of those two. Just keep it, you know, that's that's their job is to... Yeah work all the time not do my bits over good they've got the change over and now I'll sit and watch and hope or pray because hoping and praying doesn't work you see it all the time in football they all come on the pitch and it's either they're asking Muhammad or Jesus or whoever they want to ask but actually they've actually got to do it themselves they can't ask whichever deity to do it for them because it just doesn't work yeah I just love how we went to football typical <laughs> typical villa <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I can only agree with you. Obviously, I couldn't disagree with you if I tried. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like the, well, whenever I've been the the slow, chilled, taking like with no pressure to go out and gain a place or something. Well, I guess often when I try and gain a place, I do. Just joking. Um, <laughs> um, but like the competitions where I go with the mindset of just staying super chilled and just going and getting the race right often that ends up being what what the result is. Like I had a couple of race, like a couple of competitions where I maybe had one or two mistakes and I was like, I was really happy with that. And then I've had the last one or two competitions and it's been quite the opposite. Um, so I think I need to, I need to find my, my Zen again, my yes. being, being chilled. Well, I think, I think the important thing is to, not to overthink it. Um, you know, when we all train, no one worries about things like this because you're just training. Um, and there are races that I would put you out in if I was in the ring with you that wouldn't worry me at all. And you shouldn't be trying to do every, you shouldn't try and change your nature. So if you can do five races really fast, most of the time, then you're fine. Do them really fast in the ring too. If there are races at the back of your mind are stressing you out, find a survival mechanism to make you not shit at that race rather than trying to do anything too splendid in the ring. 
and yeah. then you will be fine. You see, but you can't change your nature, and you don't want to change your nature. You need hotheads in the team. Um, you, you need all the different characters in the team. If you have a team of very calm, chilled riders, you're you're also unlikely to win. If you look at all the teams, nearly all of them have got a real balance of riders of the top teams, and you need that. Um, and I think I need that. I couldn't deal with it. If it was all Ruri's a very calm rider, um, Ben is a very calm rider, I do need someone to shout at to kind of get my own blood up. So when Jack and I are about whatever, that's good for the team too. And it, and then, um, you know, you, you good you know, lots of characters in there are good. It, as long as, and it, the worst type of riders to have, and the ones I hate, are the little whinge bottoms that it's never their fault. It's the pony, it's the grass, it's the other riders. And those are the only ones. I, I mean, Berkshire have, I think everyone in Berkshire, uh, in a way, passes the test. We don't, we don't let them in easily, but we don't <laughs> get rid of them either because uh, I've only ever asked two riders to leave Berkshire. Uh, Bella, and- I've got to <laughs> interrupt you right there. Okay. Um, so... You, you, we've spoken about this before and you're like, oh no, I've never asked anyone to leave Berkshire, but you just don't let them in your team. You'll be like, oh, you can be in our second Berkshire team. But your, your team is like <laughs> pure. Well, my, getting my team to decide on a team because I don't, I'm, I'm not autocratic. I suggest people and then they all whine about who they want. And so it goes on. It's generally how raw Berkshire works. But regarding... Riders in Berkshire as a county as a whole, I've had one rider who just kept letting people down, just saying they were coming to a competition and not coming. So in that situation, I, I'm always very blunt. So I just walked up to them and said, look, you said you'd come, you didn't come. It's happened three times, so I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And they were like, fair enough. And they went. So that was fine. And the other one was finding fault in the others and the team to the extent that the parent was trying to get me to kick other people out. And I didn't like the underhandness. So again, uh, we said goodbye to that one. But otherwise, it's just a way of just how to get a tune out of your riders. And um, if somebody isn't on form, um, it may be that they're out of most of the games. Um, However, if they're a team player, and I've had two real good riders in Berkshire who inter-counted in two or three games, Ulrika, um, I think the first year she, I can't remember which horse she was on, but it was one of mine and it didn't suit her for various games. And um, she just automatically, when Bella put so-and-so in, uh, you know, she just immediately grabbed the water bottle. Mike used to grab the water bottle, but he's got quite good now. So we let him do games. So he's quite happy about that. (laughs) But you want a water carrier that's willing. So uh, they have to know that if they were in your team to start with, you want them to start. So if that stuff is only a few of the games um i've never been one to go any mini miny mo they've only done four games they've done five games completely different if you're all training novices and you're just trying to get them out there but if you're trying to be competitive you have to look at every game with which four people do i want and which four horses do i want and ideally you have the sort of riders who go my horse is better but they're better rider you take my horse so um, regarding obviously weight regarding but my teams will invariably if necessary change horses whatever it takes to win the game successfully is what you want I hate it when I have people or I feel uh, standing on the sideline thinking they should be in it or 
thinking that oh no I don't I can't walk but I'm not gonna let my horse you know I, I can't be doing with that I can't be doing with that it's like mm. yeah so but luckily I tend not to choose this sort of people <laughs> but all is well and apparently I'm quite scary which I like very much <laughs> I, don't know, I don't think any of us are scared of you better I think you ought to be Maybe just a, maybe just a little bit in the back okay, of just our a little mind. bit. That's okay. Then. <laughs> <laughs> on the training topic, uh, we'll like end it just with like a your favorite moments, like best moments in training. Hmm. Highlights. Um, our first inter counties win was great, um, but I, I think I the best uh, a close finish. You can't beat a really really close finish. Um, so I think uh, 2010, I won Horse of the Year show, which was then televised on Sky, which is really good, with the Devon and Somerset team. And not only did we have to win the last game of the final, but it also relied on somebody else beating somebody else. So the team ahead of us came third, and that's exactly what happened. Oh, so it, wow. it was incredibly tense, and that that was that was huge. So um, yeah, that that was huge. Um, Highlights otherwise. Um, uh, I'm going to jump in with the, because you mentioned your first inter-counties win. Hmm. The first inter-counties that you did win, um, I understand that you owned four or five of the ponies in that team. I did. I didn't mean and to. It's just everything kept going lame. <laughs> three, <laughs> and three of the five riders were English. Um, and you won many competitions prior to winning inter-counties. Yes. Uh, why is it that not a single pony rider combination was selected from a clearly very strong team? Yeah, interesting one that, isn't it? Um, I, yeah, my comment there would be that's why Jack ended up riding for Scotland um, because it it was an it was an interesting uh, year, shall we say? Um, they not only did none of them actually. Um, get chosen for the team but only one of them even got picked to ride in a sort of 15 or 20 man trial that year so um it seems yeah, rather we were, blatant we were a little bit out shall we say um but so i went to scotland with jack the following year fully like come on let's let's give this a good old go in maybe a country that wants us which wasn't the case. <laughs> Didn't so, get chosen for Scotland either. Well, no, he got picked for Scotland. Um, it's just, and and we have some brilliant um, riders in the Scotland, uh, senior Scotland riders who are really keen that we came and everything because by birthright, Jack's allowed to ride for Scotland uh, until rules change. That's just how it is. However, I think... Most parents are parent first, not trainer first. Whereas I've, well, I, I threw out Ruri from a team uh, years ago and Marcus fell out with me about it because he's more of a parent, I would say, than a trainer, whereas I am not. <laughs> so um, I totally get that there are a number of people who disliked Jack coming up to, coming up to ride in Scotland and seeing it as taking places of, True Scottish riders or their children, as we uh, as as you see. Um, however, 
like I say, he was allowed to do it. So I, I had a lot of opposition. No, not a lot of opposition. But the opposition I had up there was very strongly anti-us, I would have said. But apparently it was all very fair and transparent, which is a phrase that um, was often used, I found, at committee meetings. <laughs> Talking about uh, Scotland, you trained the Scottish team for some time? I did. I trained it for a couple of years. You saw um, some good success there too? Had the greatest fun. Yeah, lovely. It was great, great, great kids. We were always just either a pony short or a rider short of a top win. We had um, a reserve champion at the Royal Welsh. Um, and absolutely took the main ring session by storm with the, because we had some big fast ponies so that we, it really went well in the big ring for us. Um, yeah, we were constantly a final at uh, world teams and that, um, just not quite enough. It's all, like I say, you, you've got a trial of uh, eight or nine riders. You, it's very hard to pick um, a world winning team, but it was a strong, a good team every time. And we had, we had really good times. It was good. Okay, why did you why did you stop training that team? Um, uh, well, there's a few reasons, really. But um, I am asking yeah. these questions intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> really, Kyle? Really? Uh, um, I, yeah, I, I the Scottish chairman. Uh, she's not a fan of mine, um, and uh, uh, yeah, she just made life quite difficult. So I went up to do the trial. The last trial that I did, I it was before my DBS had come back. My Is it DBS? The yellow dangly thing. Yes. So, so she told me I couldn't stay in the ring to, to pick the open team. <laughs> because obviously I was like really likely to, um, you know, cause a problem with all those 18-year-old pluses. But uh, I just fairly petty stuff like that. So... Um, and I, you know, I and I knew there was a small faction who were very much like the Scotland trainer should be Scottish, which, uh, you know, back to the football scenario. Um, it's lucky for Chelsea and later for City that they didn't feel that way about Mourinho and Guardiola. Otherwise, um, yeah, those teams maybe wouldn't have won as much as they've won. So, you know, I will train anyone, and I I'm the first to wave a flag for England in fun, whether or not even for fun in in keen I'm English way at an Olympics or whatever else. But I don't, I'm not nationalist. And I felt there was a nationalist twang to it. I never felt as unwelcome, I think, from some of the people in that committee. Um, And I've never felt like that when I've trained other countries. Um, But I did there. And I did mention that when I didn't put my name forward finally. I said I won't be putting my name forward. And that is why. And the response to that was... Absolutely nothing. So that's interesting because I think if uh, that the, that came the other way round, I think if um, a, a trainer of England or sorry of of, of Wales or and kind of, if we said that, that we had made them feel like an English people had made them feel unwelcome and that they shouldn't be training because they were Welsh or Irish and be training an English team, I think it would probably be you know we need to go to talk to the police about this. So um, uh, hmm. yeah, so. Good, good luck to them. And some of the riders are great, but um, yeah, best out of it. And um, like I say, Jack went there for the right reasons because I felt that he was badly treated by his own country um, and was he was allowed to ride for Scotland and therefore that's what he did. But, you know, it, it, it wasn't an easy experience. They, you know, things were made difficult for us. So, um, yeah, he, he's come back. 
now England is in a really nice place. I think it's fair. The selection is fair and everyone involved is fair. So it's nice to come back and trial for England. And he's lucky enough to be selected this year. Yeah, congratulations Um, on that. Uh, World Team's champs, something we can talk about as well. Uh, Unfortunately, South Africa aren't going this year as much as we'd have loved to. I know, but I gather we have the first South African sanctioned competition coming up this year. Yes, very exciting. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. Rory had the whole thing organised within about an hour. (laughs) Sounds like Rory. Someone's already messaged me to ask me when they can enter, and I said, well, I don't really know. (laughs) But yeah, it's really exciting. Yes, because I I don't know if any of you know, but um, Marcus is Zambian. So um, Marcus and the entire Turner family are going to think, I'm not Marcus, I mean, we'll let, Marcus could be reserved actually, but we'll let Marcus be reserved. I mean, I've said it now. <laughs> uh, Ruri and the Turner family, who also have a Zambian parent, um, are going to represent Zambia. Yeah, so there's brilliant. going to be two African nations, guys, at this. Yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting. It is very exciting. So, um, yeah. So then hopefully you, you lot will be allowed to compete next year. <laughs> we'll to compete next year. Yeah. yeah, we did ask them, the committee about it. So I think they're not running any sanctioned competitions this year anyway. And that would really be the requirement. They would have to ride in one this year and then be eligible for the team next year. So, so it would be Good. more eligible than anyone back home. Yeah. You'll be the most eligible of eligibility ever. All you've got to do is marry somebody else and you've got a team. Don't marry each other. That wouldn't work because you're both South African. Just say it. No, because we need more. <laughs> we need to branch out of it. You do. I've got, a, tri- do. I've got a trip planned to London this weekend. I'll come back with the with, with the wife. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure she can ride or looks like she might yeah. learn quickly like Marcus. <laughs> well, <laughs> looks like she might learn quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah we can test out the riding on the weekend and I'll let you know how it goes <laughs> oh Kyle I'm just joking um, it's all about horses eh I'm taking my pony with me this weekend where to? Uh, to London what? <laughs> okay um, world team champs world team champs um, so Jack Capel was selected I think uh, Jack was telling us in, in secret uh, before it had been finalised I think um, which was quite exciting for us and then we just like took it to bed with us and woke up the next day and it was all open to the public so we didn't even get to like release it oh unlucky um, yeah uh, but yeah it's a pretty cool team and it's nice that Jack's on it this it time, is, I mean, do you think that they they were hoping for Rory and now Rory's injured, so like I would just take the other capel? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean they're completely different jockeys. I mean, if you're picking a team, I mean uh, Jack is the same role as the Mitches and the Charlie Suttons. Rory is the same role as Guy, and you know there's different riders. And I, I, yeah, if I mean I often think that we should have more than one understudy, if you like, it for an England team. Um, or for any world team, I think um, if it's balanced well, you've got two or three big, strong, fast riders. You've got a couple of really good equipment, steady riders, and you should have a, a reserve for both of those places. So you would want to replace uh, someone like Rue with someone like Guy. You would want to replace someone like Mitch with someone like Jack. You know, I, it, it makes uh, no sense to me to have just one reserve. Um, but I'm not, I'm not uh, unfortunately... Um, I don't even know if it's allowed to have two reserves or how a country would tackle that. But it's 
to my mind, it's a bit like having a, a rugby team and replacing a winger with a prop forward. You know, you just wouldn't do it. You, you replace like for like, or your team mm-hmm. becomes imbalanced and then you're less likely to do well. But um, that's maybe something for the future. If I ever, I, I would hate, I would never put myself forward for a selector. What my boys are riding, I don't want to be that person that picks their own kids. It's not, not what I'm about. Um, but when they aren't, I'd very much like to get involved with that, I think with selection and putting forward ideas for selection, how to select. If I was to put forward an idea, <laughs> this well, is just something that pops into my mind and I haven't yeah. like uh, thought too hardly about it. Yeah. But imagine, like you say, having two reserves. Imagine having six ponies in the ring per team. Imagine we had enough space and you could choose your top four riders out of six. Okay. Like the quality of riding can only be better if you have more choice. Mm. If we I don't had know, enough riders, that's been tried. Funnily enough, you should mention that they tried that years ago at the Pony Club uh, Windsor com- uh, competition. They had a team of six, but only five could ride in each session, so you could switch them about. And it just made the team a bit anti each other, a bit kind of hoping each other would make errors so that they weren't dropped from the final session and all this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, However, I, I, I do think what I'm saying could work, but I think you would have to be very clear with the riders. You would have to be, if this person and this person go out, then this person comes in. If the other three go out, this person comes in. That yeah. is how it is. Like and football. then Yeah. And then name one of them as the one that travels as the reserve, if not. you know. So it's, so it's not a big row at the last minute. It's set in stone as to who is understudy for which type of rider. And both types of riders have, are needed in a team. You can't win with one sort or the other, not at world team level, not easily, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yo, I'm loving this. It's like quality <laughs> training knowledge flying up. Crap from Bella. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, I want to... oh. I've just got a very like a weird side note. I don't know where I'm going to throw this in. Um, so I'm just going to throw it in now and then I'm going to hop back onto a Canada question as Lily yawns. I think we've been talking for too long. Um, <laughs> uh, rumor has it you stole your father-in-law's camper van with a Mr. Pete Walters. But that's the end of the story that I heard. You what? Say that again. So apparently you stole your, father's camp- your father-in-law's camper van. Uh, with Peter Walters. No, I, I, no, I'm not sure where that's going. I mean, there was a vomit story involving the camper van, but this I don't might, know. this might be the vomit story. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, put it this way, Mike. I, I, after this weekend, Pete Walters and I have a very um, what's the best way to write this? Uh, a, a, we have a quite a dodgy. Um, record of getting very drunk late at night uh, on rum and coke, which I don't drink, which is why it goes so badly wrong for me. Um, and I think a couple of well, a few years ago now, it was one of the sort of cutthroat end of season-y type times where everybody is pretending they 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 like their team, but then the last minute going, no, I'm joining so-and-so. So it was all that sort of cutthroaty time. And one of our riders was retiring and we had to find a replacement. And so I had a very serious meeting with my team. Um, and they told me I was to go and speak to this rider and that rider and whatever. And I set off. And unfortunately, I met Pete. And we had <laughs> apparently, <laughs> we met, we, we had a lot of conversation about riders, apparently, although I do not remember it. I then get horribly drunk 
And the next morning, I was very sick in the camper van. I couldn't open the door in time. Um, my team were like, so did you speak to so-and-so, so-and-so? Who's, in, you know, who's riding for us? I was like, oh, I don't really know. So Jack's like, oh, for God's sake, one job, mum, one job. But um, when I got the camper van home and back to my father-in-law, he goes, oh, you just need to wash it. And I'm thinking, oh, I really did. I really needed to wash it. It all went in the little groove, you know, where you drag the door shut. Oh. <laughs> so, obviously now I don't drink I'm teetotal and I never I don't I never drink with people just because it's a bad thing to do yeah especially around a campfire <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then throwing it back to one of the things you said very very early on in the podcast about the Canadians and Lily being the only good one <laughs> um my... obviously that's that's just that's just a bit of banter because I'm sure there's brilliant ones I've not met it's just she's the first good one I ever met Okay, so I've recently, I know I can see backpedal, backpedal. Uh, so <laughs> there is a Caitlin from Canada that's over at the moment staying with the Edwards. Oh, how exciting. Yeah. Um, and like she, I think I first saw her on a pony. She's riding one of the Sermons ponies. Oh, yes. Good, good. Sorry, guys, I had to dig for that in the back of my brain. <laughs> um, yeah, you're going to talk, yeah. talk to Lily for a minute so I can go to the loop. Oh yeah, go for it. Um, well, I was really just taking a dig at Bella because she said that you were the only good Canadian. Um, and then there's <laughs> another one here angry. as well. Um, but yeah, is like, well, I haven't really seen her. I saw her a bit at Northern Pears. Harrogate Pears, yeah. Harrogate Pears. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty cool. Um, and then she was like still getting to know her pony. Her pony seems like it's quite a novice, maybe. I don't know. I have but no idea what it's like. She's from where you're from, I believe. Yeah, we're all like from the same area. Like we don't have to travel. Yeah, not far. Canada as like the whole country, <laughs> Thomas, asshole. <laughs> She's like like maybe 40 minutes away from, from Ontario. Near Toronto. <laughs> uh, so like, do you compete against her at all? I'm trying yeah. to f- determine who's better. <laughs> Yeah, we compete against each other. We're also like on the same team when we were in Wales in 2019 for the World Team Championships. Oh, and, cool. and previously, no, I think that was, we rode on the same like pony club team one year, I think. Okay, who's better? <laughs> you don't have to question that. <laughs> I would always just be arrogant and claim that you are. Oh, thanks. <laughs> no, I mean, if I were you, I wasn't saying mm. you were. Oh, <laughs> Lily's got to see her next weekend. Don't forget. <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting myself in trouble. I'm not the one saying it. <laughs> I, 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 it. I haven't seen. I no, but seen I genuinely haven't seen her ride either. I saw I saw her a bit at the, the first competition that she rode. I know that she was at this competition that we rode at last weekend. But... She's going. She's going to the Northern Challenge, and hopefully, I am too. Well, I'm going to be there. Oh, hopefully, cool. I have a pony and a team at the same time. It'll be cool if everyone just does well individuals, then we can all just compete. I will be there. On a good pony too, I believe, which is exciting. Yes, very, very exciting. But that's all the things I have, bar maybe Champions League, if we want to discuss Champions League. Yes, I want to win that one. It's really annoying me. We've been really bad at Champions League. I I quite enjoyed the one that was rained off though, because... 
we were controversy <laughs> because we were proper out of it by then. So as far as I was concerned, it was a bit of a bonus when it was cancelled, so I didn't actually officially <laughs> lose. <laughs> uh, oh dear. But um no, let's crossing fingers we can actually get there again this year, which will be nice. So but yeah, I find it, it I find it quite hard to compete there. I think it's interesting watching all the French teams because um there are certain games where they're all very good at them compared to the British teams. So they're all, I don't know what it is about the French, but they seem to be super bendy. So they're all brilliant at coit. They all gallop all the put-ons. And there's odd, obviously there's the odd team that messes it up, but there are some races where you can do what you do here and not get as good a result as you would hope. Um, so I need to, I need to up my game, I think, for that competition. So um, but let's here's hoping we get there. So I'm absolutely terrified about trying to get to France this weekend because the amount of hoops the French have given us to jump through are just ridiculous. I mean, the ponies are one thing, but Chris Wheeler, luckily having him around who can actually communicate with the French helps um, because uh, I think it's all designed to make sure no nasty British Brexiteers ever get to France again, as far as I can see. So um, we've got to give everything from a recent bank statement, which, as Chris says, we should probably do before we pay for the trip <laughs> to show that we're solvent, to uh, green card, insurance, this certificate, that certificate. Somebody was turned away because they had hay on the wheel of their lorry. Um, and bearing in mind, we have so many infectious diseases not in Britain. Obviously, that was a huge risk to... France bringing some hay in. So me and my filthy old lorries, so if if it encourses on the rogues at the moment it's the garage, um, is a bit of a, <laughs> of a worry, really. So um, yes. Yeah, that's knows? insane. So know. we're like it's all coming down to cost, I think, for us going to Champions League. Yeah. And we were hopeful after the first time uh Pete was giving us a rough estimate. I'll let you know more shortly because I presume after this trip we'll know exactly what it's costing us. I'm hoping you'll be able to streamline the process as well. Well, hopefully. I mean, the, the guy that's taken us out, the exporter, is seems fairly confident. And the nice thing is he handles all the paperwork. So all we've had to do is get this. We have to do this um, blood test um, for, I can't remember what it's called, Meg will know, um, for something that doesn't exist here, hasn't for five years, but obviously we must do it in case we give this non-existent disease to France. Um, so we have to do that blood test, so it's whatever that costs. And uh, other than that, it's just giving the passport details to the transporter and he's handling everything else, the vet inspection before we leave, et cetera, et cetera. However, on arrival in France, depending on the mood of the French that end, they can insist on all the horses being unloaded in which case we're looking at another £150 pony for that inspection. And the people that um, Lisa Davis, Kelly's mum, works for, took show jumpers out last week and they were kept for no specific reason for seven hours before they were allowed to move from the port. So all of this is filling me full of fear. So uh, anything short of actually... Um, managing to arrive in France would be a massive plus point <laughs> at the moment. So, <laughs> But yeah, we should know a little bit more about cost. And it's helpful that um, the transporter we're going with is a friend of 
I'm not sure if it's Pete or Sadie, but uh, so they're go, they're going to go it go they're going to France for a holiday, bless them. So they're not pay, charging us for there and back and there and back. They're staying out there drinking cherry beer with the rest of us and then coming back, um, <laughs> which we think will take it to about two grand a horse. Um, include that it does include all the paperwork. So if we were, but the horse container can take eighteen horses, so it's only taking twelve for uh, world teams, two teams. Um, uh, so the price would go down, obviously, if we are taking three teams uh, in the Champions League. Yeah. So um, I, I would have estimate that it would be under 2,000, but I can't tell you specifically. Um, my theory on it all is if anyone can possibly afford it is to do, do it, because who knows how long this is going to go on for, you know, how long do we all do this for? You know, you don't think in five years, 10 years' time, well, I'm glad I wasn't overdrawn that month you think oh god we had a blast we actually got to world teams or whatever it was you know yeah got to live for yeah that's things. what I was thinking as well because one of the reasons for coming over here was that we could travel and do competitions like this yeah so precisely. it would be silly if we had the opportunity yeah. to just and also it. if you think of all the money you've saved this year because I'm not being able to do anything whether it's going to a concert a cinema even you know <coughs> many competitions cancelled last year if you added it all up it would easily yeah. be two thousand pounds it's just as hard to do it in one block, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Worth it for the ponies. Yes, we love ponies. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I'll I would do. say, uh, you know, when I was busy blowing my own trumpet about being a good trainer, is I'm not a good individual trainer. I don't know why. I can get most people into a semi, but I've never succeeded on getting anyone to win an individual title. I'll do That's it for it. you. Just let me get my pony to where it needs to be. <laughs> and then you can just come and stand in the ring with me, Bella, and I'll show you how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a deal. Maybe I'm just picking the wrong riders. <laughs> when I had that one bad session uh, at whatever champ, whatever individuals it was, and I had Meg in the ring with me, and I went out and I lost the first two races. Mm. And Meg was standing there with her water bottle, and I went over to her and I was like, Meg, I've 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 gonna I've got to win some races now. <laughs> like this is, and then I just won all the rest of the races. I was like, <laughs> well, well done, well done, Meg. Did Meg say anything, or did you? <laughs> Meg, Meg did well. She it's just came with, came to me with the water, but like the yeah. she like what Meg is what I need. Like she just says some positive words. I run by like what my thoughts are, which I actually think is kind of important, and yes. maybe in individuals is for the individual to yes. speak what he's feeling or for the race yeah, yeah. or she and then like then you can give your input and yeah. then let the race happen and then Absolutely. offer them some water afterwards that well sounds done. very good and we do it again <laughs> yeah well i helped i took i i coached joe um the european individuals a few years ago joe garnett and uh I, my main job was to hide his cigarette because he always pretends to his parents that he doesn't smoke. But sorry, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> so uh, we, but we only again we got reserve champion Joe and Joe and me that day. So, um, but he he did really really well. But my main job was cigarette out the back after the you know in between each uh, each race in the semis. <laughs> <laughs> Bella getting a tits out causing a distraction so Joe can have a fag absolutely you know whatever it takes Kyle whatever it takes you know how it works <laughs> <laughs> having said that the whatever it takes thing I, I think lots of people think I'm a really bad person which is probably true 
However, I do draw the line at some things. I suppose we've all got our morals, if you like. Like, I've never been one to put ponies off, uh, possibly because I've got Peppy who's nervous of life, but I've never been one to clap and shout when the people are doing four flag. Um, you know, I've never been one for trying to get other teams eliminated, going up to say so-and-so has not done something. You know, would I hide a piece of equipment if it broke in my lane? Absolutely, I would. If I could get away with it, if I got caught, would I own up? Yes, I would. So I always try and do the best I can do within the rules-ish, but I never try and pull somebody else down, and I really dislike that when people do that. Mm-hmm. And there's too much of it. There's too much of it. I've seen it a lot this year, people trying to get other people sent back to the 10-yard line, people trying to get other teams eliminated. And I just think it shouldn't even be accepted. If it's not caught by the officials, it's not happened as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that actually happens quite a lot to our team. It does. It's horrid. Yeah. It's really it unpleasant. Bar Katie Dawson's going to Ooh, there we go. It's just a joke, he says, panicking. Shout out. Oh, she is quite <laughs> scary. <so. laughs> please, please come on the podcast. We need you. <laughs> uh, poor Katie. Like, poor Katie, this bloody French nonsense about not letting double jab people um, come back what? without quarantining. Because Katie oh. was meant to be on the world team with our lot. And she had to pull out because of this quarantine rule, which now looks like it'll be dropped. But, you know, she's already declined her place. So it's really, really harsh. So, um, yeah. But all the same, shouldn't try and get other people eliminated. <laughs> if that's what she did. <laughs> no, it's, just she something, it's just something that, you know, everyone's got things that they will and will not do. And I will not do that. She she just tried to get Tom uh, ten yarded when I was convinced he didn't cross uh, the line. I always like, I was always think that um, it comes back to bite you if you if you mm. in fights with with other people. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's not necessary. You win on your own merit. Yeah, absolutely. Not on what you can put other people back for, kind of thing. Dion mm. Walters gets ten yarded and still comes back with another ten yards. <laughs> <laughs> Bottle, like every time mm. love it is there anything you want else to speak about or have we no, covered I'm life very very happy it's been so good thank you so much Bella. are we going to edit this thoroughly later I don't think so I think it's been it's been alright I don't, I don't think I can be uh, you know, I, I think these are only my own opinions so they do not reflect the opinions of MGA as a whole or Struck or any other just body a, these are personal you. opinions I would just like to say you mentioned Struck Question yes. for you, Bella. Yes. Uh, how did this all come about? I'm sure you played some kind of role in it, or at least Mark. It came did. about because Ruri is the most brilliant eternal optimist. And I that's why I love him for it, because he's Jack and I constantly put him down generally for everything, <laughs> just for a laugh, really, because we're nasty. So from the age of about Basically, all, all Ruri's junior life in MGA, his birthday was ruined every year because every year on his birthday, they would reveal who was going to be in the European teams that year, which was never Ruri. So all the way through juniors, he was never in any team. And uh, when he was little, he didn't deserve to be. He was a bit small and wimpy, really. And, you know, probably shouldn't <laughs> have been in the team, but was always hopeful he would be. When he got to about 16, he was very good and never got picked. And was always very sad on his birthday. But he was always very optimistic. And he was always saying, I'm going to win this year. I'm going to do the touch and touch, which is how he got the nickname Barry Big Time, you see. Because Jack and me would go, all right, pipe down, Barry Big Time. It would go. So, um, <laughs> oh. and, then, and then when he was about 
18, he said it was when MGA was at a point where it needed sorting out. It had got too big. The shows were too big. Because they were so big, there wasn't enough people to run them. There was more, uh, nothing was running to time. It was time for a shake-up. And everyone was complaining about it, but no one knew what to do about it, I would say. Um, because, of course, MGA was started in the 1980s. When it started, it was very tiny, and everybody could go to every show. But as sport in, you know, improves, increases, you know, that isn't the case anymore, whether you separate it by ages or, or regions. You know, you don't do show jumping and expect everyone in the country to go to the same show. So uh, something needed to be done. And Ruri is like, I am going to run my own version of this and it will be better. And I will address the things the riders want to address. So it will run to time. It will, uh, we will make it as affordable as we can. We will um, try and give prizes as, as much as we can so the riders are getting stuff back for what they do. We will be fair so that if people are new and don't know that they have to ref, they can make up their points by coming later in the day and refing. We will try and make it accessible as well as being efficient. So I think that's what he was. And Jack and I went, no, you won't. You'll fail. Nobody will come to your shows. Everyone will carry on doing MGA and you will just fail. And he would not be hit down. He was like, no, no, I will. I will do this. And and he did. This is exactly what he did. And he did he did it, as he said, he did address all the things the riders were worrying about. And he focused, he's always been, he's always loved, loved Pony Club himself, did very well on it. And he's always wanted this to be for the older riders. And if there's space, then fill it up with some younger heats, but not much. You know, we have the odd under 15s, whatever. But it's really for the 18s and opens, which is funny enough how MGA started. In the, 80, in the 1980s, it wasn't for the younger age groups at all. And obviously, it now is. We have Europeans, so there are all the different age brackets are catered for. But um, originally, it was for the older riders. The younger riders at Pony Club, and then when they came out of Pony Club, they could go on and do MGA. Um, so maybe Struck is, is where MGA started a little bit now, in a way. Um, but yeah, I, it's basically complete off his own bat. You know, we just told him he would fail and he just would not be told he was going to fail, which you got to applaud it, really. Yeah, hats off to him. Um, one thing I really like, and Jack brought it to my attention on the last podcast mm. about how it's almost safer as well, like with obstructions and things where with MGA, if you get obstructed, like the team that gets obstructed, there's like you are then... Like they don't rerun the race for you. Um, they'll rerun whoever's like, if someone's finished the race, it's done kind of thing. If I understood that correctly. Um, but then I think it all played out at this last competition with, I think it might've been pairs bending. Uh, we had a team from the purple team, North someone, Tom. Guy that the guy that crashed into you on the line, behind Brecken. the line. Team. It was a Brecken. Mm, the same okay. ones you wanted to get though, in man. Well, it's, yeah, the same ones I wanted to get us eliminated that one time. Megan trying not to cause <laughs> those, shit. <laughs> those few times, carry on. I've got to say it like it is, Meg. You know, like I say, it's not all, that's not yeah, like, our way. We're not fighting with anybody. Yeah. Um, no. But yeah, so a rider from the team next to us, Tom was waiting to go into the field of play and this rider obviously bolted on. I led you up and I was running around to get my bolt entire. There we go. And this rider then crashed into Tom behind the mm. line. 
and continue moving. I, I looked back, I was like, Jesus Christ. And he Tom like, yeah, Tom, the, Tom mm-hmm. was then standing sideways because he'd been like obstructed. Yeah. Um, and then like continued to play the race. Whereas in like what Jack brought to like my attention was that you don't feel the need to carry on and push through and like try and get points still if that's happened to you. Whereas with Struck, they'd see that and mm-hmm. it would be like, well, let's rather not put your pony in like danger's way. And yeah. let's rerun the race from yeah. like, from that incident. I mean, obviously, it's hard to see everything. Um, Ruri has now purchased for Struck next year a an all round CCTV kind of system, so that every quarter of the ring will be visual on a screen, so that everything can be addressed. Which also is great because it takes away not to see it much, but it means. Sometimes you'll get slightly bitchy uh, stewarding at the top line where someone will call a fault, but you can't check it because you're not yeah. on the line with your, but now that won't apply. So as the competitions get bigger and grander and smarter and um, European pairs and all that is is, is back uh, in this country, then we will be able to um, be absolutely sure we can give everyone as fair a competition as we can. Uh, yeah, I think really when things are queried, then you can at least just go to that. And you're not just going off like an angry parent and a absolutely like because you know, and, and it's it's totally a, 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 you know. I mean, I I've queried, we all query things, you know, and mm-hmm. I think as long as people are polite and it can be checked, everyone's fine with it. Yeah, um, they just don't want to be put down and told to get out, and it's all right, you know. We you know it, it, if. We all make mistakes. We, we make errors, writing down who was third and who was fourth or whatever. So it can always be queried. Yeah. Um, but like I say, it takes the worry out of it for the judges if it's just black and white on the screen sorted. So Yeah, because on that case with Tom, I think a referee at the top saw it, but because mm. there were parents shouting at the referee to say, no, it's nothing, it happened behind the line, so it doesn't count, it's not mm. obstructed. Mm. She didn't report it. It was only Sam Clements who I think was doing equipment who went and called because I was just waiting on the line waiting to have my say if it wasn't called were you Uh, were they eliminated for it out of interest they were were, only after Sam Clements who was doing the equipment came down and said yeah Yeah, so they were eliminated it was all fine it's very intimidating for people when they're being yelled at by Mm -hmm. people who possibly they think of as no actually yeah Hmm? yeah you have no idea the people who have no idea are doing all the shouting no, absolutely. So <laughs> they're just hoping, really. So just all yeah. pressurizing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. But um no, it's um I think Struck has Struck has been great. And and it's lovely now, I think, to see that having there's been there was hostility between MGA and Struck and, and now that seems to have gone, particularly with Rory being quite clear about his season being so early. So it doesn't yeah. really interfere with very much of MGA's season at all. There's probably two shows mm-hmm. that clash if that. And yeah, gets his dates out very early for the same reason. So, um, yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's good. I think it's um, it's all very positive for the future. So yeah. I'm wondering now whether he's currently on his way to um, to France yes. with with four European cups in his bag, and not to mention the metal plate in his leg. So I'm not quite sure what the uh, the metal detectors <laughs> are going to make of him. So. <laughs> they probably think he's stolen a load of silverware and put him in prison. Yeah. <laughs> in theory, he's trying to get to France. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's been awesome Bella thank you so much for coming on the podcast and Lily um, we haven't spoken very much <laughs> that's uh, alright I'd imagine we're looking forward to our time here how long are you here yeah. for? I'm here like in England for a month so 
not very long. I'm trying to persuade Lily to stay on till after intercounties because um, all the wags are going off to some festival or other. So we've only got two riders for the white team uh, at uh, intercounties mm-hmm. at the moment. <laughs> so What's... she's booked her flight too early. Uh, is, is, is that not changeable or do you have, do you have commitments you need to get back to? Uh, I'm not too sure. Originally, it was because I had to do a two-week quarantine. Um, and the way my flight's booked, like, it was exactly two weeks from when I arrived home till, like, my school starts, um, mm-hmm. uni. Um, but now I don't have to actually quarantine because I'm double-vaxxed. So, I don't know. Oh, well, that's good. Maybe you can change it then. Might yeah, worth look. Mm. But, Lily, you're coming up this uh, next week, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I think we were trying to plan a training or something. I'm on leave next week, so I'll actually be around for a change, which is nice. I'll be around <laughs> awesome. on the day now. <laughs> I'm very relieved because poor Lily, you know, she she arrives, she's in quarantine, and I'm buggering off to France, and uh, we're just leaving her like Cinderella to sort of black the great <laughs> and muck out horses. <laughs> so luckily, she's going off to um to uh, have a training with Guy and Amy and with Chico, um on Wednesday, and then going up to you on Wednesday. So. Uh, yeah. Then it'll be the Derbyshire excitement then. So Who looks wild, after the wild the... times in Derbyshire. <laughs> Who looks after the ponies when Lily is here or is usually? Who's who's left at home now? Well, my home. If I if yeah. no one's here at all, I've got a friend down the road who does. So I'm really lucky. So mm-hmm. and um my friend, she her ponies retired now, so she likes riding all my ponies and she's really light. So awesome. I don't even have to pay. So I'm a right sport brat. So <laughs> <laughs> It's very we meet here when we were down there. It's very nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's all good. So, no, it's been a pleasure, everybody. Uh, I should wait for the hate mail to come in now. Oh, I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm sure there will be. And no, no one really listens to the podcast, don't you? No, I do. It's just, it's just us chatting, isn't it? Just us chatting. What was that, Tom? Megan and Carl are going to get more from the Brecon people than Bella will from anything they've said. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I thought it was North Hampshire that came across, but I was wrong. <laughs> Uh, North Hampshire. Is that, is that a team? No. Hampshire North is a team. That's why it sounded wrong. It's the same thing. What? It's not though, is it? It's just like, <laughs> you're just making yourself look like a foreigner, Kyle. Come on. <laughs> I am a foreigner. long enough. <laughs> no, I haven't. I don't have my passport yet. Yeah. Oh, dear. Marvellous. <laughs> right, well, thank you so much and I will see you all again soon. Yes. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. So Cheers. Bye. Yes.